Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Nice. It's a great song. It fits well with our sermon for this morning. Church, how are you? Doing good? Feeling good? A lot of energy? Pastor Dave's not here, as you can tell. He's traveling uh, with some of our church members, and so we're thinking and praying for them. They're having a great time in Germany and seeing some really awesome things. So, But I'm excited to be here preaching. Uh, I get to do part four of, of our series, Seriously. Seriously? Seriously. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. It's been really helpful for, for Jesus followers. I hope you have found it helpful. And we're going to be continuing. We're going to be talking about prayer this morning. And the title of this morning's message is Seriously Prayerful. Seriously Prayerful. We've been going through this Sermon on the Mount series, and also it's, it's paired with a book. I don't know if, uh, if you, you've heard this. Pastor Dave's talked about this. A book by Sky Jathani called What If Jesus Was Serious? So if you have that book, awesome. If you don't, no worries, but you still have time to get that book. And, and so it's been helpful as we've been digging into what Jesus has been saying and also this, this helpful book for us as Jesus followers. I want to begin with this question, church. Did you have family, any kind of family prayer time growing up? Or um, maybe, maybe you prayed before a meal, dinner time, anything like that. I know some of us maybe did, some of us didn't. Um, my family, we had prayer before uh, dinner every night, pretty much every night. And we would gather the dinner table before we ate. My dad would say, all right, let's pray, let's pray. Maybe he'd ask somebody to pray or invite, you know, whoever to pray, or, or he'd just pray himself. And I remember as a real little kid praying and just really having a hard time keeping my eyes closed, you know, just kind of looking around a lot, seeing if any of my other siblings had their eyes open, you know. Or I'd be just crushing my brother's hand as hard as I could. Trying to, I'm just messing with him, right? And, and he's messing with me. And we, it's hard for little kids to get through group prayers, you know. Then as a teenager, uh, you know, we'd be, after a game or something, we'd go to dinner, maybe at Chick-fil-A or, or somewhere, and... And that was kind of our spot growing up, and, and we'd get there and get the food and everything, and my dad would say, all right, let's pray. You know, same thing, let's pray. And as a teenager, I'm like, oh, dad, come on, man. I just want to eat this Chick-fil-A. Like, I need these waffle fries. Come on. Um, but then we'd pray. And now as an adult, when, when Shaylee and I go back to be with my family, uh, we'll have dinners, and sure enough, we'll do this prayer right before every time my dad says, all right, let's pray. Let's pray. But now as an adult, I, I'm like, yes, absolutely, let's pray. I need this. Because right? you start to get it after a while. Just taking that moment, even before a meal or whenever it is, just to breathe in God's goodness, to pause from our crazy and busy lives and focus on him. It's very powerful. Root prayers, family prayers are powerful. And I start with that because the text, we're going to hear about the Lord's Prayer and how it is a family prayer. It's a family prayer. It connects us to God and it connects us to others. So we're going to dive into the text, Matthew 6, 5 through 15. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't, no worries, it will be on the screen. Okay, here we go. Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So that's where we will be this morning. It contains the Lord's Prayer, a powerful prayer that Jesus tells us to pray, a a prayer that has been said for hundreds and hundreds of years by Jesus' followers all over the world. Even this morning, churches have already all over the country gathered and, and, and spoke together that prayer. This family prayer, the Lord's prayer. Now, we're, we're going to continue in this message, but we can't go any further without speaking this prayer together. So we're going to throw it on the screens here, and then we're going to say the Lord's prayer together. Is that cool? Okay, here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Such a powerful prayer. Now, here's what we're going to do this morning, all right? I need you all to be ready to listen really fast, okay? Did you get that? Okay, no. Okay, all right. Stay ready. All right. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer line by line because I want us to dive in and kind of make sure we know what we're praying. And then I just have two quick points of how this is such a powerful prayer that connects us to others and to God, okay? All right. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus right away says something about the one who we're praying to. Our Father in heaven. He says he's like a loving parent. He's close. He's near. He's approachable. And I know some of us have good examples of fathers in our lives, and some of us have very bad examples. But Jesus tells us right away, pray to the God who, who, who is loving and approachable and cares about you like a loving parent, our Father in heaven. And then he says, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed is a fancy word that means holy, but not holy in a sense of pure or clean, but holy in a sense of set apart, other, mysterious, powerful, right? Think Isaiah, holy, 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 right? So he says this God is is close and loving like a parent, approachable, but also this God is mysterious, big. We have barely scratched the surface of who this God is. Sky Jathani in in the book that we're kind of using for this series says that God is both tender and terrifying. Tender and terrifying. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your Name. Now, the problem is when we only connect with, with either the tender God or the terrifying God. Now, sometimes throughout seasons of life, we will connect with, with the loving parent, Father God, right? And sometimes we need to be in awe of God and his holiness and his majesty, right? And so sometimes that will connect with us. But Jesus says this is important when you go to pray to know that God is both loving, near, and close, but also holy and mysterious and big. He's both tender and terrifying. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Have you heard any of these Christian phrases? This earth is not my home. We're just passing through. I think there's a song about that one. Now, there's truth in these statements. Philippians 3.20 says, we are citizens of heaven. As Jesus followers, we're citizens of heaven. But the problem is that if we aren't careful, and this happened a lot in the 20th century, we can let this kind of thinking turn into a dismissive posture towards the world. It can turn into an escapism mentality. Well, God's going to torch the world anyways. He's going to burn it all anyways. But look what Jesus says in this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're called to pray heaven to earth. Pray for God's kingdom to to continue to spread in our world as it is in heaven. We're called to transform the earth, not just escape it. We aren't called to just huddle up and wait it out. But just like Pastor Dave talked about last week, to be salt and light. To be about the transformation of the world with God's spirit with us. And will eternity come? Yes, absolutely. We cling to that as Jesus followers. Eternity, the redemption of all things, new heaven, new earth, yes. But we can't huddle and wait. We have to be a part of God's kingdom moving on earth right now. We have a job to do. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. N.T. Wright says this, when we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying as Jesus was praying and acting for the redemption of the world, for the radical defeat and uprooting of evil, and for heaven and earth to be married at last, and for God to be all in all. And if we pray this way, we must, of course, be prepared to live this way. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus invites us to pray a simple prayer And God, give us what I need for today. Just give me what I need for today. Help me focus on you. And it's such a contrast to our crazy world, right? Our world says, hey, if you want to be enough, if you want to find purpose, you're going to need to do this and this, and you're going to need to get this and this, and it's crazy, and it's overwhelming. And if you're like me, I'm just exhausted from it all, and I'm like, man, just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus, right? Because it can get crazy. Um, And... I want to push us on this next little, uh, this next little section. Okay, so if this is my last Sunday preaching. It's just been fun, guys. I just need to tell you that it's been fun. Okay. Um, what do people say when you say, how are you doing most of the time in our culture today? How are you doing? Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what? Busy. You ever hear that? Doing good. Busy, you know. I probably said that to a few of you all this morning, right? Busy. How are you doing? Busy. I'm just busy. Busy, you know. Busy, busy. You know who was never busy? Jesus. Jesus was never busy. And in, in, if you read about the life of Christ in the gospel, he, he wasn't really busy. He was never really in a rush or hurried or, or worried. The disciples were. They were freaking out a lot of the time. They were like, Jesus, why aren't you worried and, you know, overwhelmed like we are? The first story you think of is, is this, the, when they're all in the boat, you know, and Jesus is sleeping below the deck, and, and the disciples, there's a storm, and they're on the boat, and, and, and the disciples go down, they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? Are you sleeping right now? We're all about to die. There's a crazy storm going on. Like, how much melatonin did you have last night? Like, come on. <laughs> and Jesus is just sleeping. And then he gets up, and I imagine, you know, the scripture doesn't say this, but you can, you know, you imagine he kind of stretches it out a little bit, walks up, and then boom, calms the storm. Calms the storm. Be still. And if there was ever moments 
where, where Jesus was close to getting overwhelmed, close to being rushed and, 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 and feeling the weight of the world. And there was times, right, the cross in different moments. What does he do? What does he do? In, in Luke 5.16, Scripture says this, Jesus frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. When he was on the edge of maybe becoming overwhelmed and the, and the craziness of life was right there, he, he was gone. He was praying. He was connecting with the Father. And, and I know some of y'all are like, okay, Jesus wasn't busy or hurried because he was God incarnate. And there's some truth to that, right? Yeah. But we can learn so much from that when, when Jesus, when the moment was big, people were struggling. He had a lot going on. He prayed. He prayed. We need that same thing. And Jesus kept his eyes on the things that, that really mattered most, right? And that's what we struggle with. So maybe the, the greatest thing that we can do from we, when we leave this place is not add another event or another job or another hangout, but add some time to get away and pray. To not add to the crazy busyness of our lives and our culture, but get away and pray and connect with the Father. There's a hymn called Give Me Jesus. Uh, maybe some of you have heard it. It's pretty, pretty famous. The lyrics say this, In the morning when I rise... In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You may have all this world, but give me Jesus. I love it. Can that be our prayer? God, give me the daily bread. Just give me you. Tomorrow will worry about itself, right? Give me you. Let me slow down and focus on you. Give me this daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you all ever need forgiveness? Nah, me neither. We're good. We're good. Some of those other churches do, but not us, you know. No, we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness. We do. And Jesus knows that this is something we have to be prayerful about because it's hard. And there's this powerful rhythm of, of missing the mark, right? Sin and, and then re repentance and forgiveness. And, and guess what? Every time we ask for forgiveness, it's crazy. You know what happens? God forgives us. He forgives us every single time. Just like Psalm 103 says, your sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. They're gone. He forgives us our sins, our debts. But the second part, it's important that we also forgive those who sin against us, right? Our debtors. Sky Jathani says this, Jesus knows that our souls need forgiveness as surely as our bodies need bread. But receiving forgiveness is not enough. A healthy soul must also give it. Holding to our anger and resentment Clinging to our identity as a victim and refusing to release others from their debts will leave us incapable of receiving God's love or anyone else's. We must be a church of forgiving people. N.T. Wright says this about the first followers of, of Jesus. Failure to forgive one another wasn't a matter of failing to live up to a bit of new moral teaching. It was cutting off the branch you were sitting on. The only reason for being a kingdom person for a Jesus people was that the forgiveness of sins was happening. So if you didn't live forgiveness, you were denying the very basis of your own existence. It should be, it should be within our DNA as Jesus followers because Christ has shown us so much forgiveness, lavished his mercy and grace on us. That's the kind of people we must be in our world, and it's hard. But God is with us, and we have to be prayerful about it. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Church, I'm convinced that, that when people get a, a real picture of Jesus and what the kingdom life is all about, they'll want more. They'll want more. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once people get a taste of the true forgiveness and peace and, and joy and love found in Christ, they will want more. They will. So we can get to a point where we pray, God, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. But take me to your goodness. It's not just a, it's not just a prayer that takes us away from something, right? It takes us to Christ and his goodness. God, get me away from this brokenness that I sometimes just continually fall into. I don't want anymore. Take me to your goodness because that's the best life that I can be a part of. That's the best life we can live, a life in Christ. This guy just on, he writes this. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're also admitting to God that we do not have the strength to rescue ourselves. We're saying, lead me because I cannot lead myself. Ray Richard has said that this part of the Lord's prayer is intended for pathetic losers. But we shouldn't be discouraged because that includes all of us. <laughs> he writes, without God, we don't have a chance. We don't have a thing to offer, and we don't know what to do next. So in humility, we say, God, lead me. Lead me away from temptation and evil and take me to your goodness. And I must be prayerful about it because I can't do it on my own. Take me to your goodness. Okay, that's the Lord's Prayer. You guys feeling okay? That's the Lord's Prayer. Two quick points here. Uh, prayer connects us to God. Martin Luther says this about prayer. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. James K. Smith, a Christian author I love, writes this. Prayer is how we press our hands into the invisible and find the hand of Christ reaching back. Prayer is a must as a follower of Jesus. And if you're like me, you've been around sermons, uh, 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 you know, many years, and you always get convicted when the guy or gal is talking about praying, right? It's easy to be convicted about it. But it's not so much about checking off a box of, okay, I, I, I prayed. I prayed today. I prayed next day, right? As Jesus followers, prayer is about connecting to God. It's about the link between you and God. And, and, and again, I don't, I don't know where you're at, but for me, I, I can tell when I'm struggling and, and, and I'm overwhelmed and I'm maybe quick to anger and I'm bogged down by things that maybe I shouldn't be bogged down by, right? I know that, hey, I haven't been praying. I need to get back to prayer because I need the source to flood me with his goodness, his peace, his love, and remind me what are the most important things in life. So we have to pray. Pray. And Jesus tells us, don't be showy. Don't worry about the words. A lot of young people, and, 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 and I love working with young people so much, and a lot of young people are like, I don't even know what to say. It's like, oh, that's okay. It's a good place to start. Just go for it, you know? Just open your heart and your life to God. He wants to connect with his child, right? So pray, pray. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you're sad, anxious, depressed, pray. When you're doubting or questioning life, pray. When your marriage is struggling, pray. When your kids are struggling and you're worried about your kids, pray. When you don't know which road to take or direction to go, pray. Pray. Keep praying. And I'm learning this, church, is that prayer is not all about the answers. It's not all about the answers. We love answered prayer. 
But we know that prayer doesn't always get answered in the way that we think it should. But hear me on this, all right? The, the, reward, the reward of prayer is God's presence in our life. It's his presence is our reward. And it changes us. Right? So we have to pray about everything, the good and the bad. But remember, it doesn't always get answered in the way that we thought it should. But his presence shows up and it changes us because he is the source of peace and love and grace and forgiveness. And he wants to connect with his kids. He wants to embrace us. Prayer connects us to a loving father. So I don't know where you are, church. Maybe you feel really connected to God. Maybe you do. You came in this morning to church and you're like, man, I'm feeling good. That's awesome. Thanks be to God. Keep praying. Keep praying. And maybe you feel miles away from God. In a room this size, there's people that are feeling that. There is. It's like, man, I haven't felt connected to God in years, or maybe I've never felt connected to God. Can I just challenge you to do one thing? Pray. Don't worry about the words. Just pray. Just open your heart and your life to God and pray. Because his presence, when we can develop intentional time with God, will begin to flood us with his love and grace. Prayer connects us to God. Point number two, prayer connects us to others. Something super interesting that the book pointed out that I've never heard um, in the Lord's Prayer. Actually, can we bring that on the screen real quick, the Lord's, the Lord's Prayer? I want to read this real quick and show you guys something here. Okay, check this out. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know what's interesting is there's no eyes, There's no me's. There's no my pronouns. The prayer of Jesus, the prayer that Jesus tells us to pray, is a prayer that assumes that Jesus' followers are connected to others, that we're a part of a community. Now, is there times when prayer is individual? Absolutely, right? Jesus slipped away and prayed, right? For sure. But when we pray, we get a glimpse of the heart of God. And his heart says, hey, I love you. I'm for you. Right? But if we keep praying, we realize, oh, it's not just me. It's everyone. It's the whole world. It's others. So it connects us to others. And this is why the statement that Jesus says a little bit earlier than our, our, our text for this morning, Matthew 5.44, this is why it's so powerful. Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Because when we pray for our enemies, slowly we realize, dang it, God loves them too. <laughs> I didn't think he did. I didn't think he did. Those people I disagree with and stuff, I didn't think he, but then I prayed and I was like, man, God has a heart for them just like he has a heart for me. <laughs> no way. And the walls slowly come down. And the greatest example of this is Jesus on the cross. Because if anybody was allowed to be your enemy, it's the people who are crucifying you. But what, is, what, what happens? Jesus says he's on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right before he goes to be with the Father. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What? Jesus, he prays for them. Jesus, how could you pray for those people that are crucifying you? They're not my enemies. They're my children. They're really missing the mark, but they're still my children. And hear me, church, it doesn't justify the actions, right, of these people. No, not always, no for sure. But slowly we realize, man, 
these enemies, God loves them too. Or the people we struggle with, God loves them too. The Lord's Prayer binds the people of God together across all time and space. So how are you doing with people? How are you doing with people, church? Friends, family, praying for them, right? We got to keep praying for our friends and our family. Absolutely. But what about the people we struggle with? Can we pray for them too? And maybe the walls will come down because you will get a glimpse of the heart of God that says, hey, I'm for all people. And I want to use you to be my salt and light to this broken world. I want to invite the band back up. Come on up, band. Come on up, church. Thanks for being here. Sermon on the Mount. It's been fun. It's been fun. My prayer for this morning is that at Montrose Church, we'd be a people who are about prayer, you know? People would find out you go to the church and be like, hey, man, that's, at Montrose Church, those people are prayer warriors. Like, they're just praying about everything. It's kind of crazy, right? Absolutely. That's what we're called to do. Keep praying. Pray. And remember also, right, that it's not all about the answers. We love answered prayer. It doesn't always happen the way we think it should. But remember is that we want God's presence in our life. I hope you do. That's why you're here, right? So let's pray. Let's connect to a loving father who's reaching out to his kids and wants to help us. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pray for all of us. Pray with me, church. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Church, thanks for being here. Love you guys so much. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.